it can be interesting to um, to feel a couple of things. One is the um, quality of awareness and awakeness in, in the being right now without any judgment, but just to, to feel what that is. And that can also um, bring us into contact with something which becomes very apparent when we're out in nature, which is our interconnectedness. And just how that storm that's brewing in the background and the heat and the pressure and the heaviness that's accumulating through the day, how that's also impacting us. It's a very, very clear, um, beautiful example. And just like what happens when a, a little bit of cool breeze comes, you know, how that affects us. So just a real invitation to feel into that as well um, during this talk and to receive that as a it's probably the primary teaching that's going to be happening here, um, as well as the silent transmission <laughs> by the spiritual director of Ikutulini, who's finally taken her rightful seat. Um, so yeah, so to really kind of open to that, to receive all of that. Yeah. Well, silent or non-silent transmission, let's see what she chooses to do. The moment it's silent. Yeah. So, I'd like to, to, begin, with, to begin this talk with um, sharing an exper experience uh, from some months ago. Um, when I was in... Um, in Anandawan, in the leprosy community that we spend time in, um, on the work retreat there. And um, I was in a situation on this last retreat where I had a commitment to go to the old people's home every morning. So even though um, in our schedule there's a, a meditation day where we just practice and we don't work, and there's an unscheduled day where, because it's a long retreat where people can just feel, I was, I was actually going every morning. Uh, because I had a commitment to um, train someone to, to use um, a new wheelchair uh, that someone in the group had bought and uh, was, uh, yeah, was, was difficult for, for the people in the old people's home, for the leprosy patients themselves. It was quite difficult to get to grips with this. The previous year we'd, we'd uh, stayed another week, Nathan and myself, trying to... to teach them how to use it and that hadn't worked so this time it was going to be a commitment for the whole time that I would go every morning. That's the introduction. So there I was going off every morning um, to do what I wanted to do, you know, what I was choosing to do and wasn't anybody, no external kind of force there. Um, but there was certainly that sense of, you know, going off to work and um, sometimes, some mornings, there'd be some resistance to doing that. You know, there would be a sense of, um, uh, you know, I'd love to have another cup of tea, like everyone else is, you know, having this lazy buggers. <laughs> or, you know, I'd, I really, I'm really tired, I'd really love to go back to bed. 
um, or whatever it was, you know, like there'd be, there'd be some level of resistance to the experience. But every day, because of that sense of commitment, clear commitment, I would push through that. And the very interesting thing that would happen was that every time there'd be a sense of resistance and I'd push through and I'd walk out the gate of the accommodation area where we were staying, walk towards the, the old people's home, which is about five minute walk, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit longer, something would happen on the way. You know, I'd suddenly, you know, and I'd be walking on my own because we'd, we'd be silent in the morning, same as we are here. So I'd be walking on my own and off I'd go, some resistance, pushing through, and then something would happen. You know, I'd notice just how beautiful the morning was. Or um, someone would smile at me. Or I'd see the children playing. You know, so something would happen that would really deeply transform my experience and my heart would really open and the experience would be completely changed from that sense of resistance and needing to push through that to this, you know, to what's happening now when the breeze is coming through, you know, that sense of relaxation and openness and ease and really being connected or some kind of release that would really connect me to, to life. And part of that which was happening was that shift in the view. So a shift in the view of being quite, you know, focused in on myself. You know, my tiredness, my cup of tea, you know, my grumpiness, whatever was going on, my resistance. to something that would open me up and could really feel it in the body. I'm doing it with, in, with the body now, but you could also really open up, so shift from really being me-based, focused on my things, which not to say they're not important, to being what I would call us-based, you know, from me-focused to us-focused. And that shift, which is actually really beautiful and wonderful to, to experience when that happens. And that real shift that, that we've been also speaking about here over the days, um, of that sense of connectedness and what that what that does and we actually open to that and we plug into that and so on many levels this you know this experience this example that I've just given is is really um, really small you know very basic very everyday you know nothing dramatic and yet it's also um, very for me, you know, even when I kind of recall it and speak about it, I get that feeling, that deeply transformative feeling that we can get when that shift happens in a very kind of natural way. That shift happens kind of when we put ourselves out there. So sometimes the, the pushing through the resistance doesn't immediately transform. <laughs> You know, it's, we're still feeling the resistance and we're just pushing through it. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily release the resistance completely, but it opens up that possibility. It opens up that possibility. So what allowed that 
pushing through, what was kind of feeding that pushing through the resistance, which is a value, which then allows the, the transformation also to come. This is kind of the really important part. It's like a loyalty or an allegiance to something that is important, you know, to me, to us. You know, in this case, in the case of this story, that, that real commitment to do what I could do so that that wheelchair, which would have the potential to transform the, the, the daily situation of particularly one person, but other, other people as well, that that wheelchair would really get a chance, you know, that that could really happen. Maybe, you know, there was no guarantee that a month would be enough either. But, you know, that, 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 that would happen. So that loyalty, that allegiance to that um, wish to, to be of use, to serve, to, to, to offer, we can say. The power of putting intention into practice. You know, so having that intention, having that aspiration, and then that allows the pushing through the, through the resistance. To, to come. And another way of looking at it is to not be limited by these ideas of me and mine that do this. You know, again, like my cup of tea, my bed, <laughs> my tiredness. Not being limited by that, but actually resting back into, and it's not just resting back, it's like I keep doing this with my body because for me it's so felt in the body. When we're aligned with what really matters to us, you know, there's this integrity that comes through. You know, and the body's there, and the being is there, present with what matters. So this, this, this allegiance, this loyalty, this um, being true to that inner integrity, or to that which really um, we really want to live according to something that really matters to us. You know, it can be a specific or it can be a more general. That, and the shift that it allows is, is really at the, at the core of this quality, this attitude that we've been touching on today of, of virya, um, which I've been using the word energy for it. But the Pali word is virya, V-I-R-I-Y-A. And I found, as sometimes happens, just today I found a really nice um, translation of it that I haven't come across before. And it says um, that virya is an attitude of willingly, willingly engaging in what is wholesome. So it's an attitude of willingly engaging with what is wholesome because we are aware of the benefit of doing that. So we're, we're really kind of, we're willing, it's an attitude first of all, so it's an attitude, it's an approach. We're willing to engage with what is wholesome because we know, yeah, we're aware of the benefit in it or the benefit that it can bring. Or we're aware of the bigger picture, you know, sometimes this is over or, or that in the long run. You know, so many times in the immediate, we're not going to see much transformation or benefit, but we know that in the long run, this is worth doing. I mean, if you have any kind of practice, you know, whether it's jogging or going to the gym or doing yoga or meditating or playing tennis, whatever it is, dancing, all of these, this is what 
this is the quality, isn't it? We do what we need to do in order to cultivate this wholesome in the long run, you know, even if it's not immediate. So as I was touching on a little bit this morning with Luke's excellent question about what that, you know, what does energy actually mean? And, and we have to be careful because we've been using energy in different ways through the day. But with this quality of virya, it has a lot of subtle meanings. Um, one, of it, one of them is the harnessing of effort or the generating of effort, um, enthusiasm, generating enthusiasm, um, passion, courage, strength. You know, there's lots of, uh, lots of nuance and perseverance or commitment is also part of this. So sometimes these Pali words, they're actually like a, it's actually not just one word, it's like a whole <laughs> group of things that it's pointing to. You know, a whole, a whole group of things that it's pointing to. And the key element of that is really that, that translation, that attitude of willingly engaging in what, is, in what is wholesome. The attitude of willingly engaging in what is wholesome. And of course, like with my example, often this doesn't just flow easily. You know, we have to, to, to see some of our um, resistance or some of our habits. And we just have to gently push through. Push through that. And I'm not going to go into all these lists, but just to kind of say that this is such an important quality in the Buddha's teachings that it stars in so many lists that he made. It's like a star quality. Um, and I'll just throw some of them at you, <laughs> just so you know that it's one of the ten paramis, which are these perfections, often translated as perfections. They're qualities that we cultivate as we practice and there are also qualities that people who are very far along the way they are well developed in them so it's one of those ten it's one of the five spiritual powers it's wonderful names these lists have it's one of the seven factors of awakening or enlightenment so it's, it's a very very key quality it's got you know obviously the buddha either really loved it or found it was very useful. <laughs> Probably both. So on a very basic level, just another way to approach it, to, to understand, and hopefully I'll be able to kind of really, we'll be able to get our teeth into this so it's not just um, an idea or a word. So on a very basic level, virya is the power to do. Yeah, it's just that which allows us to actually do anything, you know, from speaking to raising my hand now to choosing what I'm doing with my life, you know, to choosing what work I'm going to do and then how I apply it. So it's the power to do and then also it's the power to stay with something. Yeah, so it's the power to do something, to think something, to reflect on something, but also the power to stay with something, which is really, really important. So that power of perseverance or staying with, following something through. And one of the explorations we were engaged in today is to notice when this quality of urea is low in us, either not present or quite diminished, 
or low or not accessible, we don't feel it so much. And then to see, well, what is it that's actually engaging my energy? You know, because the energy will always be going somewhere. So what is it then? If it's not, if, if the general sense is of low energy, then where is it actually going? What is it caught up in? So that's kind of one, so we were just asking, and this is, if, if you found it interesting and worthwhile, it's worth carrying on with it sometimes, you know, like just where, where is my energy right now? You know, where is it going? Where is it going? What's pulling it? And sometimes that can allow us choice. You know, that can allow us choice. We can also notice where there's resistance or reactivity, which is often where a lot of our energy goes. You know, we're resisting something in the experience or we're reacting to something and that actually pulls our attention, pulls our resources, they're all going there. And then we have the possibility to turn towards that resistance, to turn towards that which is pulling our attention and actually to, to face it and look at it more straight on, to allow it. And often just doing that actually stops feeding that kind of flow of, of our resources isn't going towards that resistance or that reactivity anymore. It's actually going into the awareness. It's actually going into the presence, into the looking. And that frees up, frees, frees up our, our resources. And it's very interesting to play with that. So perception actually plays a big part in this. And maybe some, this is something we already saw today. Um, my perception of myself or of what I'm doing or of what I want to do or of how I should be doing, that perception greatly affects how much virya is accessible to me, how much virya is present. So, for example, if I'm, you know, it's the end of the day and... I need to get some mud out of the mud pool into the green, big green bucket for tomorrow before we put the straw in. Just a random example. It didn't happen to anyone I know today. And my perception is, you know, I've got to do it, you know. I've got to do all of this, you know, all this work, and I've got to do it, you know. I've got to do it. It's it's on on here. If that's my perception, that's going to affect how I'm feeling, that's going to affect the flow of energy and resources within me. And I can easily become overwhelmed, disheartened and kind of back to this, (laughs) you know, closed off a little bit, self-occupied a little bit experience. If I notice that, you know, that's what's happening and the perception is what is affecting that and I can change my perception so actually yeah this needs to be done or it would be great if it was done but it's not just on me (laughs) you know and I don't have to do it by carrying two full buckets on my own every time I can just carry one bucket 
You know, I can ask Suzanne to help. And I only need to do this right now. Instead of seeing, you know, sometimes it's the perception of time that really gets in the way. Oh, I'm going to need to keep doing this, whatever it is, shoveling, digging. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. That's what kind of gets in our mind. But actually, it's only right now. And that can really help release and soften. Just this step, just this bucket, not just my responsibility. And that can shift and lightness can come and energy can come. And so the energy instead of, or the resources, instead of being pulled into the future or into the idea of what needs to be done, actually becomes available right now in order to do. It's very, very interesting to, 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 to look at the perceptions and how they affect the experience. And of course, you know, for those of us who meditate, it's the same thing. You know? I'm sure some of you have had this experience, but if, you sit, if, if I sit down and I'm sitting down at the beginning of 45 minutes with the idea that I have to be mindful for every single second of those 45 minutes, it, you know, it becomes a really heavy weight. And then if I'm not mindful, you know, then, but if I sit down with that intention, with the willingness and the understanding that I only need to be mindful one breath at a time, you know, I don't need to do it for the future. Just be here. And that completely can shift the experience, you know, from a lot of tension to a sense of, okay, just now, just this breath, this moment. So there can be a lot of um, richness and value in, in really inquiring into this, this attitude, this quality that permeates our lives. It's in everything that we do. And one thing that it's really helpful for is to meet challenges. Yeah, to meet challenges. Anything from very small challenges like, you know, carrying mud from one place to the other, to bigger challenges that we may have in our lives. It allows us to meet our challenges, to come to our edges. And it can really help us to extend our limits, what we perceive as a limit, and to go beyond that. So in this example I was giving in the beginning from, from Ananda one from the work retreat there, just feeling the tiredness or feeling the grumpiness, feeling what was there, and then not letting that be the kind of final word. So feeling it, allowing it, just going beyond. Gently, gently pushing through that. It doesn't have to be the, the final story. In our meditation practice, you know, all the things that we deal with, whether it's pain or discomfort or restlessness or an agitated mind, you know, that's exactly where this ability to, to bring energy, to bring interest, to stay with a practice, it's really useful.
And so again, over the days here, really have a chance to look at that, you know, the ideas of what I can and can't do, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, you know, all these ideas, they've probably come up for all of us to a little degree, at least. So this can be a real possibility to look into Virian and how can that support, how can that support us? Can allow us to, can help us to hold lightly these ideas that we might have about ourselves. what we can and can't do. Yeah, I'll see if this example works or not. I'm not sure, but it's, it's funny. So. <laughs> it's funny to me. So yesterday, Sasha and I had a, an experiment of, experience of kind of seeing this challenge of what we can and can't do, um, ideas and reality. So I think Sasha was just emptying the, the compost toilet and noticed that some poo had gone down the, the, the pee separator and was sitting in the bit at the bottom where, you know, it can't, that bit can't come out and there was, there was poo there. So she came looking for Noonan Samada and we didn't know where they were. And I said, okay, like, you know, we, Joe was in the shower, it was a whole this thing. So we kind of went off to, to, to kind of deal with it and ended up just, you know, fishing it out with a stick, which was great, you know, because, you know, this is where energy comes. This is where Varia comes, you know, there's something, instead of having this perceive, perception of like poo, don't want it, you know, untouchable, to, okay, let's see, a challenge, you know, interesting. And, and I could really feel it, you know, in my body. It was interesting. It was challenging. It was, you know, something new. I had to figure it out. I had to do it. And then I was really pleased with myself because I, I did do it. So it's it, that, that kind of sense of newness and freshness, which is really, um, yeah, really goes beyond the perceptions. You know, what can, what can I do? What can't I do? What's, um, what's something that I go near and what's something that I don't? you know, also internally in myself. So interest, challenge of newness, and also for me, I could say that it was supported by previous encounters with poo, <laughs> you know, so that, you know, having that familiarity. And I was really remembering when I was reflecting this, I remembered the first time I had to do it with, with in Ananda and the leprosy community years and years ago. I, first time I was working with the old people and one old lady who um, was only able to drag herself on the floor had dragged herself slowly, slowly, slowly to the toilets and hadn't quite made it. So she ended up sitting on the floor next to a pile of poo. And the reaction in the environment was not friendly to say the least. And I stood there feeling really helpless, you know, like, what do I do? <laughs> because I wasn't familiar with it yet. You know, that was my edge. And luckily, there was someone else in our group who was a, a, a nurse and had familiarity with Pooh. And she just put gloves on. And she was able to just take, it, take the Pooh, put it in the toilet, 
take the clothes, wash them, do what was needed to do. So sometimes, you know, we see this, we build up, we build up. So something, you know, we're not necessarily born with excitement about shit. But it's something that we can cultivate. You know, when we're exposed to it, when we have that interest in the challenges, when life offers us opportunities, you know, when we see somebody's helplessness and then feel our own limitation in return, that gives some motivation. You know, it gives some motivation, at least it did for me, to work with that so that when that happens the next time, I'll be able to engage, I won't freeze. And so all of that, you know, a situation, having that freshness and interest, the challenge, and also some familiarity of either coming to our edges, working with our limits, perceived limits, specifically in that issue or other issues, that builds up that momentum in us. And in case it's not clear, it's really important to do that with, with a lot of gentleness. You know, so I've been aware that I've been using this kind of language of pushing through resistance, but really doing that with a lot of gentleness and listening to our inner process. There's a beautiful quote from Ucha Tajaniya, who's one of the, the great contemporary Burmese masters in our tradition. And he says that, and this is a quote about Virya, he says, avoiding difficult situations or running away from them does not usually take much skill. So avoiding difficult situations or running away from them does not usually take much skill. But doing so prevents you from testing your own limits and from growing. The ability to face difficulties can be crucial for your growth. However, if you are overwhelmed by difficulties, you should step back for the time being and wait until you've built up enough strength to deal with it skillfully. So holding both of those, you know, knowing, understanding that meeting our limits, meeting our challenges, meeting our edges is a place of growth for us, a crucial place of growth. And yet also knowing when it's too much and where all we can do is just stay at that edge or even step back a little bit until that strength that is needed builds up. And kind of that image that's often used, you know, if this were a gym, gym we'd practice on the little weights for a while, you know, before trying to lift the heaviest ones. So he's really pointing to how important it is to bring a balanced attitude to this area of releasing the energy and connecting to our resources and letting them flow in directions of growth. And so really noticing if there's areas of our lives where we're forcing, where we're shoulding, where we're creating a lot of tension and finding how to relax in there. Relax enough so that transformation can move through or strength can build up to use his language. So when we're at that edge, 
we're not lessening our commitment to the process. We're just doing what's skillful. Yeah, this edge that he talks about. If you're overwhelmed by difficulties, you should step back for the time being and wait until you've built up enough strength. It's not a, a giving up. It's not a giving up of the path. It's just an understanding that right now the skillful thing is to step back and to build up the strength. Sometimes body awareness can be a real indication for us of what kind of um, energy or effort we're bringing into something. So the, the, what is happening in the body, the things that I've been doing all the time here, whether there's this or there's this, where there's, the te- there's tension. You know, people have been saying to me how they've no- been noticing that sometimes they're doing one task and then paying attention to the body, noticing how a group of muscles that actually isn't related to that is really tensing up as well. And so then relaxing that sometimes actually allows the body to do its work much better. So feeling into the body to feel what is happening and can I relax with what is, what is going on. And another indication, which is through the body, but on a deeper kind of what we might call the being level, is that sometimes we have a sense of a deeper sense of harmony that is underlying the experience. And so this relates to to this Anandawan experience that I've been using as an example from the beginning, that commitment and that resistance being quite on the surface, you know, the kind of me and mine me and mine things being quite on the surface, but beneath that surface, there's a deep sense of harmony, a deep sense of harmony and well-being, which we can connect to, and then that again can really allow the resources to flow through. So using this time here to to reflect, you know, to also bring reflection into the practice and we can do it during the work or after, to reflect on the day and to feel whether times when there was a sense of harmony, when there was a sense of well-being, of flow, and then what was present there, you know, what was supporting that and we could hear it in the sharing today already, you know, there's a sense of things that are supporting that, that are nourishing that. And equally, whether times when there was strain or disharmony or tension and what was present there and what would help some relaxation or ease to come. So it's a really great opportunity in this kind of environment to to have this investigation, to kind of really look deeply at how we operate how we do things, at how we are affected by things. And as people were describing in the sharing today, sometimes we meet a deep complex conditioning that's very strong in us. And as Uta Janiya said, the best thing we can do is just to stay steady with it, not to try and push, not to try and change, but just to feel what is there. 
If contraction or disease arise, just being with that, making space and allowing a trust in, in the process to really lead us. Trust in the process and trust in the power of our intention for our lives. And that is also an application of Varia, of course. It's an application of this resource, this energy, this attitude of willingly bringing the wholesome into the, the center of our lives engaging with the wholesome when we really know where to where to be where to stop where not to push and where to allow things to unfold in their own time I think that's what I had to say. Yeah, so let's just have a, a few quiet moments together to close. May our practice together continue to free up our energy, our willingness, our resources. So that we can lead a life of connection. so that we can lead a life that is for the welfare and the benefit of all beings, including ourselves.